welcome to All of the Above, the podcast where we couldn't decide whether to focus on theology, sharing stories, discussing books, or contemplating philosophy of ministry, so we chose to do All of the Above. My name is Aaron Markham, and I am here with my good friend, Hannah Koschel. Hello. Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, I forgot the uh, surprise question that I wanted to ask you, but but another one has come to my mind. Um so what I would like to, to know from you is what, what is one thing uh, about high school Hannah <laughs> that, that I do not know or we do not know? That's probably many things, but tell us, tell us one thing about high school Hannah that we don't know. Graduate of good old TR. Go Devil Dogs. 2013? Yes, sir. Okay. What do, we, what do we need to know about high school Hannah? <laughs> um... This is something that most people do not know about me, is that I was actually on the drum line in my high school's marching No, you were not. Yeah, I was first snare um, in the drum line at TRHS my freshman and sophomore year. I didn't see it all the way through high school because I ended up becoming a different type of nerd um, with other clubs. But yeah. Wow. Eighth grade, freshman and sophomore year, I was a snare drummer. And the drum line. Wow. Yeah. My mind is blown right now. That I am so glad I asked that question. I Honestly, to, I thought you asked that question knowing that about me. No, I, I had no idea. Well, there I you look go. forward to getting Reagan off the drums next time he's <laughs> planning to play and we're putting Hannah in. You know, funny enough, he I don't think he's ever heard me play just because it's been so long. I always say it's in a past life. Yep. That I am not at the caliber that my husband is. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That was great. Man, I'm so excited to know that. Fun facts. I also used to be good, fairly okay at percussion in middle school band. And then I was first chair, sixth and seventh grade. And then eighth grade, ended up being like fifth chair because I just, mm, my love up. for it just yeah. started going downhill. I feel that. And other things became more important. Yeah, so, I feel that. Cool. Hannah yeah. Aaron. Drummers in the past. <laughs> we could come up with a cool band or a cool name. I love it. All right, so today we are going to talk about joy and the fact that joy should be something that permeates the life of the believer because we have um, really the greatest hope in all the world mm. that, that Jesus uh, lived, he died, uh, he was buried, and he was raised again for us. Uh, to save us from our sin, and that um, allows us to live with such great joy, such great hope uh, in this in this life. So we're gonna we're gonna talk around joy and just have a conversation around joy, um, and I'm looking forward to it because this is something this is an area I, I want to continue to grow in and continue to learn. So I look forward to to talking through this with you, Hannah. How would you talk about how would you talk about joy? What is joy? How would we define joy what would you say I would say um, that joy is something cultivated within us through the Holy Spirit as we borrowing words from an old song survey the wondrous cross and humbly adore God and his goodness Mm. um, and rejoice with thankfulness over his work in and through the church um it's talked about in scripture as being a fruit of the spirit. Mm. And as I was preparing for this and kind of just looking at 
um, scripture that talks about joy, I was kind of, um, I guess, encouraged by the amount of times I saw the authors of scripture expressing joy after experiencing the presence of God. Mm. It seemed to be a natural byproduct of seeing God for who he is. So for example, in Psalm um, chapter four, verses six and seven, um, the psalmist is talking and he says that people are looking for one who shows goodness. And then he declares for the Lord to shine the light of his face upon them. Then right after that, he says, you, he says to the Lord, you have put more, more joy in my heart than um, I should have just have it pulled up. Um, more than like the greens that they possess or something like that. Um, but it, to the point of like he expresses that joy that God has placed in his heart after meditating and experiencing the goodness of God revealed in his glory. Mm. And then again in Nehemiah, Mm -hmm. after the law is read to those people Mm -hmm. and taught to the people, they are told after hearing the the word of God to go and eat the fat and drink sweet wine for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So Mm. joy should, it seems like it should naturally well up within us when we see the beauty and faithfulness of God in his word. Um, Again, in Psalm 92, verses 4 and 5, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Isaiah 55, 6 through 13, talks about um, the author is calling the people to seek the Lord, to call upon him, that the wicked will forsake their ways, um, calling the people to return to the Lord and receive the Lord's compassion. It talks on and on about how compassionate the Lord is. And then... At the end of it, it says, you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. So it's almost like if you take time to meditate on the Lord and his word and who he is and ponder the glories of the gospel, because God is a joy-filled God um, and he is one who sings over us with joy and he delights in his people and he delights in himself, most importantly, that joy is a, a fruit, if you will, mm. of of that mm. worship. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I love that. I was, I was looking at, um, I just Googled the definition of, of joy that would be, you know, whatever Webster's definition. And it was a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And I'm not sure if it's a, if it's cliche, I, I feel like it probably is, but then cliches also oftentimes have a lot of truth to them that, that joy is, is deeper than, happiness mm-hmm. um, it, there is a context that is deeper um, but it doesn't mean we're not happy um, and it's also interesting to think about the, the joy even like in Nehemiah coming out of um, they've been in exile for so long and it's like there's there's returning to to, to the homeland and then hearing mm-hmm. the word read over them um, joy can can come in hard times and in good times Um I was thinking about uh, Psalm uh, 47 uh, that says, Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, mm. a great king over all the earth. And then it goes on to say he, he subdued peoples. He chose our heritage. Um, so we're to clap our hands, like very expressive, 
all peoples were to shout with loud songs of joy because God is to be feared um, as well. So it's not only like Jesus's love, Jesus's sacrifice, um, but fearing the Lord Mm -hmm. um, can, can drive us. It should, should drive us to joy because he's worthy to be worshiped and to be known um, and to have contentment found in him. Think about Hebrews 12, um, where it's in 12, two, where, says that the that the because of the joy that was set for before Jesus he endured the cross. Mm. So Jesus in his suffering found joy in redeeming a people to himself. Um yeah, it's really good. Or do any other kind of passages stick out to stick out to you? Um yeah, I was I was planning on um mentioning some of those that you have already referenced and some of the other questions we plan on discussing today. But um, another one that I really love is Habakkuk 3. Mm. Um, So Habakkuk is, to your point, that it doesn't just come in good times. The author of Habakkuk is um, experiencing great hardship as he sees the Babylonian Empire about to take over. Um, the people of Israel and um, knowing that (laughs) they will be overthrown because Babylon was just on a streak of just taking down one city after another. Um, Habakkuk prays in chapter 3 and he recounts God's splendor but also recounts his wrath Mm -hmm. and his judgment and then brings it back to his salvation uh, for his people. Um, but it's remembering God and his works, even in the midst of, um, the destruction that he is about to face. Mm. He says, um, at the end, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Mm. Um, so it seems, it's just, it seems like there's a, a very strong link between, remembering and recalling the works of God and his character um, and, re- and how it relates to our, the joy in our hearts and it being unwavering. Mm, that's really good. I want to think about first us kind of corporately together um, as a body and kind of for practical application and then think about us individually kind of in our, in our separate lives. So, so how does joy impact, um, how we worship the way we worship? How does it play in to service elements, um, to the sacraments, to, um, maybe your, your area specifically with kids or, um, yeah, kind of what we do with the, with the Sunday gathering, um, maybe even community groups as well. How does, how does joy impact the way we worship? I would almost answer that question with a question. It's mm-hmm. like, well, why do we do all of those things? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, why do we gather to worship? And it is to behold God mm-hmm. um, and spend time as God's people gathered, adoring our Savior and his saving work through Jesus. Um, and then as we are gathered, growing in our love for him so that then our joy may also grow mm. in him. And so 
as one who approaches our Sunday gatherings, I pray that our body approaches that time with joy Mm -hmm. and not Mm -hmm. dread, knowing that the God that we are coming to worship is alive Mm -hmm. and on his throne. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He is no longer in the tomb. Um, We have his Holy Spirit living within us to um, compel us to good works and to make Christ's name known. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, when we gather together, it is a time for us to lift up our voices in song and in the the reading and reciting of God's word, the teaching of God's word. Um, Zephaniah 3 says, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. Mm. That's what we are gathering to celebrate. We are mm. coming to sing the songs of redemption of our mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a celebration. Mm. We are not mourning the death of Jesus any longer. We are mm-hmm. celebrating um, his resurrected life and in that, the life that we have been offered through mm. his through His resurrection. Mm. Yeah, so we don't, I love that, that passage, thinking about we don't need to, we're not fearing evil anymore. Mm-hmm. We're fearing the one God who is completely worthy. Right. Um, and with that, that, that drives us to uh, joy and hope, and and I think exact you're exactly right. I, I remember, I mean, a big part of my salvation story was um, going to a church service. The church service where the Lord kind of first got my attention was a very different experience than any service I had experienced uh, growing up, where um, people did seem very excited and filled with joy um, to to be in the presence of the Lord, to be together. Uh, to be worshiping God, and that is something we want to define our our gathering as as well. Um, is that it is it is filled with awe inspired um, joy um, because of who God is, because of what He's done, and then hopefully it is it is a time that is um, that we look forward to, that we eagerly await the Sunday gathering. Um, because that that is a time where we're with our family, we're with our body, and we're reminding ourselves of the truth of the gospel. Um, that's really good. And it's a picture of just the greater narrative of what's of what's happening in the kingdom at large. Like mm. God will one day gather his all of His people, um, and so we we gather together as a small sect of the larger mm. body, awaiting the day when we are all able to be gathered together with Christ. Um, and I mean, and we, our prayer is that everything we do um, enacts the gospel. And I'm borrowing words here from Andrew Wilson when he talks about the sacraments. Um, and he says, they are external signs instituted by Jesus in his word and action that mm. convey forgiveness of sins, union with Christ, the presence of God, and the church's exodus through his death and resurrection. So our prayers for everything that we do to be telling in the gospel story, which is good news, something mm. for us to rejoice in. Mm. Yeah, that's good. What do, you, what do you think about how a, a struggle for mine, and it's probably not new to anyone who, who knows me, is um, I was 
impacted deeply by my emotions and like seeing people worship the Lord when I first came to know the Lord or when I first thought I came to know the Lord. Um, but what's the impact of joy, um, on our emotions, on, um, on our hearts? Cause I even think about, um, in reading the Psalms recently, we're, we're in the Psalms for our 90 days through the Bible. So I'm reading like 20 Psalms a day and a lot of it's talk. There's a lot of language about, um, singing for joy, clapping hands with, with loud shouts of praise. Um, even thinking about like throughout Kings and Chronicles, there's this idea about pursuing God with a whole heart. It talks about Kings, um, with the King kind of pursued God with a whole heart, you know, full of kind of joy and peace in, in, in the Lord or not. Um, what's kind of the connection with, with joy in our emotions? Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think there? I think like we are designed, um, for our bodies to have just innate physical reactions, responses to the emotions that we're feeling. Mm. So, and we can see this with happiness um, outside of like the church context. You know, somebody doesn't have to be a believer to clap mm-hmm. when they're happy about mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about football teams going to touchdown. Everybody's going to cheer, game. raise yep. your hands. You know, we we na- our body responds naturally to things um, that we're feeling. Um, when we're sad, we cry, you know, it's just, that's how we're designed. And so it's only appropriate as we, again, reflect on the gospel and, and, and the Lord, that our body would also um, show and express that joy and express that thankfulness to the Lord for what he has done. Mm-hmm. So it is only appropriate that we clap and we lift our hands mm. in praise to the Lord um, and the God of our salvation. And um, I know that that's something that our church is is growing in, and um, it excites me to, to see people respond in that way. Not that it's necessary, not that you can only have a true worship experience if you're raising your hands or whatever. Um, but I do think there is an appropriateness to, to posturing our bodies um, to model what is going on in our hearts. Yeah, that's good. And that, that, that connects with joy or with somberness or brokenness right. in prayer, getting on our knees and, and letting, I feel like I've been helped by Trevor just kind of emphasizing that our, our bodies are, are helping Build, build habits and, and also teach us and also our reflection of what we feel. So that's, that's, that's really helpful. Um, two more, two more questions. Um, the first is, is how does joy impact our daily lives? So we've talked kind of corporately, but what about our daily lives? How do we, how do we find joy? Or I'm even thinking, you know, over the last, uh, 19 minutes of this podcast, it's like, I've smiled four times or three times. Does that mean I'm, um, is that, is that enough joy? Is it a smile every five minutes? Um, how much do I need you to be smiling? You would put it into numbers. Yes, yeah, of course. What's the ratio, What's the of, ratio smiles of smiles per, per minute to have enough joy? <laughs> but but how do we find joy in our daily lives? Um, yeah, what, what would you say? Kind of not to kind of say the same thing over and over, but I think it goes back to just joy requires us to preach the gospel to ourselves daily. Um you know, 
the psalmist prays like that the Lord would restore to him the joy of his salvation. There is power in us remembering um, God's saving work in our lives and um, in the world at large and remembering that um, our enemies have been defeated because of Christ's work, that um, death no longer has a sting, no longer has a last word because Christ is resurrected. And so if we can commit to rehearsing the gospel to ourselves every day again, if we, I mean, Jesus even says in um, talking with his disciples when he um, describes himself as a true vine and he's exhorting his disciples to abide in him, mm. he says, I say all these things to you so that your joy may be complete. Um that my joy be in you and that your joy may be full. I'm sorry, not complete. Um, and so there's we there has to be like an abiding that happens day to day for our joy to be full because it requires a, just a never-ending meditation on God and his word and who he is. Mm. So how that affects us daily, one, reciting the gospel to ourselves daily, but also um, I think having a heart of gratitude is also closely connected to to walking out, um, to walking in joy, I guess. Um, if you're having a hard time mustering up the, well, I don't feel joyful. It's like, okay, just take a minute. What, what can you express thankfulness to the Lord for right now? Mm. What can you remember that he has done in your life? Mm. Um, and I think that the spirit works through that mm. to um, to go cultivate that joy within us. And joy has that anchoring power within our souls to that refuses for our hearts to be ruled by our circumstances. Mm-hmm. It goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, I was I was thinking about um, when you were sharing uh, John ten where. Um, Jesus says he's the door of, of the sheep. Um, and then he, he ends up talking about how he has come, uh, that, that they may have life and have it abundantly. And he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Like Jesus, Jesus has come to give us abundant life and he is good and gracious, um, in that and that can can should impact our lives daily so i love the the rehearsing of the gospel and then expression of gratitude i think it's super helpful not in a a debtor's ethic way of like we owe um we owe a certain amount back to god so that's so we've got to we got to make it happen i got to thank god enough i got to do it enough but like think about the mind-blowing truth of what we got to rehearse um this past easter season um Jesus laying down his life for us, being raised again, um, sending the spirit to indwell us and sanctify us and grow us and change our hearts from hearts of stone to hearts of flesh to make the, the old take it away and, and give the new. Um, yeah, that's good. With that, um, my, my last question is... Um, Essentially, can can we only have joy if we've had a had a fun day? If we've had a fun day, you know, I, I came up with like picking apples, eating <laughs> yummy food, eating a 
good fried apple donut, munching on a, another favorite dessert, having a sweet time, maybe specifically for you with your your husband and your boy, or what does joy look like last week in the in the Koshal house with um, stomach bugs mm. and um, you know for me uh, baby's not sleeping and you know rebellion and disagreements with a spouse and trying to right. work through things what what then what if I'm not feeling it what if it's what if it's a hard week can I only have joy in those um, you know those more fun times what what does joy look like in maybe harder times yes yes you can have joy um, which I hope is an an obvious answer but Yes, we can have joy um, because joy is an attribute of God and a God who is unwavering, mm. a God who um, whose character is not based on our circumstances. And so um, if the spirit of that God lives within us, then the fruit that the spirit produces um, will testify to that character of God. And so also remembering that Jesus, going back to the Hebrews passage you, you mentioned, um, he is one who is acquainted with our sufferings for he too suffered. Um, but he endured the suffering looking to his future glory. And it's a glory that we have inherited as heirs to his kingdom. And so, um, we, a hundred percent have access to joy now because of the spirit, but there's somewhat of a already not yet nature to mm. our joy, mm. um, as is all things with the kingdom of God, because one day we are, we're still in a sense looking forward um, to the day when our joy will be fulfilled, when we will. Um, see Jesus again in his second coming and he will gather us as his people and welcome us home and he even Jesus even speaks to his disciples as about his second coming and says so also you have sorrow now but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you Mm. and so we have hope that um, our circumstances may tell us differently. Our circumstances may um, tempt us to um, doubt God's goodness or whatever um, that may maybe hinder the joy feelings um, in our hearts, but to remember that the work of the Lord isn't based on our feelings, that God is still active. He is still working, and ultimately all good things will be fulfilled, and our joy will be complete, and it will be a joy that no one will, or no thing, no circumstance will be able to take from us. Mm, that's great. That's really good. And then in, in the hard circumstances, we can still look, maybe to your point, for opportunities to be grateful Absolutely. for what the Lord is doing. Even last week, it was like Audrey slept maybe one night for like three hours. And so Casey and I were just switching off. And then it's like, man, this is hard. But it's also like, this is so sweet because we had prayed for so long to be able to get pregnant, to be able to have a little girl, boy. And and now we have Audrey. And it's like, man, this is, I'm awake for 
you know, 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. And it's like, this is tiring. This is hard. This isn't bringing a huge smile to my face. But what a joy to get down and play with my little girl and laugh and, um, and cry. And um, there's still a deeper, maybe that's why joy is deeper than happiness um, to, to knowing, you know, we ultimately, we have Christ in any and all. All circumstances. Yeah, and I'm also reminded again in Habakkuk when, um, in his prayer, he says, "Yet will I rejoice." But before that, he says, "Yet I will wait quietly for the Lord." Mm. And I think that's also a part of it is mm. um, just waiting quietly on the Lord and just being willing to listen mm. um, and trust that um, the Lord is working. And one author said, we must adjust the clock of our soul to God's timetable to mm. just zoom out and remember the bigger picture That's of God's good. kingdom and how it will all we'll have a happy ending. That's great. Mm. I love it. So may you guys find, find joy in beautiful flowers and rain and bumblebees and changing diapers <laughs> and um, work that is hard but good. Um, may, we, may we find joy in Christ. So. Hannah, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great to be able to host. I appreciate Jonathan letting me uh, step into to the seat. It was a joy. Uh, no pun intended. I was about to say so, that. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll look forward to talking to you next time.